Hi everyone, welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If you are new to this podcast, I want to thank you for taking a moment to listen. And if you enjoy today's episode, would you just take a moment to hit that subscribe button? It just takes a quick second and can help others find this podcast and search results faster. I also have several free resources available on my website, including Bible reading plans. They are just a few verses each day and are super easy to follow, but will help create that daily habit of spending time with the Lord. I will include the link in the show notes just for you. For today, we are back in the book of Ruth and examining a woman that I believe often gets overlooked. Of course, it's easy to see why as she is only mentioned in a couple of verses and has little of her own to say, but that does not mean she has nothing to teach us. I am referring to Orpah, who you could call the Forgotten Widow. Orpah had one brief moment in the story. Blink and you might just miss her. She was married to Chilion, who died with his brother Malon after living in the land of Moab for 10 years. She, along with Ruth, were now widows, something that was not easy back in those times as women had few ways to support themselves and even less honorable ways to make money. Initially, she seemed to be a woman who followed others. Naomi decides it's time to return to Bethlehem, as we discussed in last week's episode. Both Orpah and Ruth decided to go with her, but no sooner have they started down the road than Naomi turns to them and says, And Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. That's Ruth chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. The command was to return home. So it would seem that Orpah did have family still living in Moab, making it interesting that she decided to go with Naomi instead of returning to her old home and the possibility of marrying again, which was the wish of her mother-in-law. Naomi knows that their life will be hard. All that awaited them was poverty and, in her mind, emptiness. Perhaps she also didn't want them to come because their presence would reveal that her sons had not only stayed in the heathen land of Moab, but had also taken their women as wives, something that was not to be done. In the beginning, both girls had a strong bond with Naomi. They didn't want to leave her. Both were committed to going all the way with her. Sadly, the pictures she painted of what was ahead of them versus what they could return to was misrepresenting. Again, we addressed some of this in the previous episode on Naomi, but ultimately she was emphatically telling them that they should go home, giving them more reasons to leave. And Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say, I have hope. If I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. That's Ruth 1 verses 11 through 13. Naomi lays it on thick, providing every reason why they should go back. She's old. No hope of her having any more children that they can marry. It is worth noting that her words also imply that they wouldn't have a chance of getting married in Bethlehem. Nobody would want them because of their background. So why bother going at all? Why not go where your chances are higher? Tragically, Orpah finally relents after hearing these reasons. It is as if the reality of Naomi's dismal picture of the future hit her. 
and she realized that it wasn't worth continuing on, opting to do as her mother-in-law suggested and return home. This decision to turn back was one that would change not just her life, but her eternity. The first time I realized this, it left me a little stunned and caused me to meditate on this part of the story particularly. I want to revisit Naomi's part just one more time. Consider that as a believer, we should be like the beacon of a lighthouse, guiding people through the dark world and safely onto the shore of eternity, to the light of the world. Yet Naomi's bitterness hindered her from doing so. In fact, she seemed to place obstacles in Orpah's way, causing her to become discouraged and disheartened, which led to her leaving the path of life and returning to the emptiness of her people. This is another reason to guard against letting negative emotions settle into our hearts because they will poison not just ourselves, but others as well. We could be the reason someone decides they no longer want to pursue the path toward eternal life and fall on the wayside. My heart breaks at this point in the story and wants to call out to Orpah, please come back. Don't listen to Naomi. Go forward and see what amazing things God has in store for you. This was my second thought. Her choice to return home caused her to miss out on the extraordinary. Would you play a little game with me? One called, what if? I know we've all played it at one point or another. But what if Orpah would have had the same determination as her sister-in-law Ruth displayed? A firm resolve to go with Naomi, whether she wanted her or not, even if that meant they would all be poor and single for the rest of their lives. God could have done something extraordinary in her life just as he did for Ruth. Now, as much as we would love to continue playing the what-if game, the sad truth remains that Orpah chose to turn back, and this thought stayed with me for weeks. How many times have I let the obstacles in life turn me back from pursuing something I was intended to do? What would have happened if I would have gone on? I remember hearing a story about a woman who wanted to achieve a new record by swimming across the English Channel. The day was overcast and dreary, making it impossible to see the opposing shoreline. She spent hours swimming and trying to see the end of her goal, but because of the clouds, she was unable to and in the end decided it was just too much and she quit. What she didn't know was that her goal was within just a few yards, but because she couldn't see, she never made it. Orpah could not see the possibility of a bright future in part because of the clouds cast by Naomi, and unlike Ruth, she lacked the determination to go further, to pursue the one true living God. How often have we turned back when the clouds rolled in? I know that life can be difficult. It's filled with innumerable bumps and detours and obstacles, but as believers, we have been given an eternal hope and even a peek into the future. We know what is waiting for us once our journey is complete, and we must keep this in the forefront of our minds. I have to admit that Orpah's choice haunted me for some time. It caused me to reflect on choices I made based on fear. How many times have I missed out on what God wanted me to do or through me because of some obstacles that got in my way? What could have been done? What could I have witnessed had I just stepped out in faith and trusted him with the results? I can think of several instances where I backed down from something simply because I was afraid or I thought the obstacles were too big. I persuaded myself that it was not the right time, that it was not practical, or that it was not suited for me, 
at the moment. My lack of courage caused me to back down and miss out. I will never know what could have been in those instances, but sometimes I wonder if I missed out on seeing God do the extraordinary. Faith does not step out because it knows the outcome. It steps into the unknown because of who is in control. Now, I'm not saying that we should say yes to everything. We need to seek God's will in every facet of our lives. But perhaps there are times when we have felt God say go, but we let our fears hold us back and we stayed. The concept of faith is truly simple when you speak of it, but it is much harder to live. It requires us to lay aside all of our insecurities, our knowledge of what should be, of what makes sense, and step into the unknown. It means that we trade our feeble logic for God's. Remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God delights in our faith-based actions because it means we are trusting in him to do what is best. It means that we are choosing to lean on his understanding instead of our own. Remember, Satan is not our friend. He wants nothing more than for us to veer off course, and he does so with a vast array of obstacles. The tragedy of Orpah's story is not that she missed out only on seeing God do the extraordinary in her life, but she missed out on knowing him completely. By returning to her home in Moab, she also returned to the empty gods and the wide path of destruction, a path that would lead to eternal death. While this aspect of her story does not apply to the believer, because we are assured a place in heaven, there is another part that is applicable. How we will arrive in heaven depends on us. It lies within our hands. What will we have to lay at the feet of our Savior? Will we have brought those that we have led to Christ? Will we have lived a life that yielded fruit that will abound to our accounts? Will we have rewards to cast at the feet of our Savior because we remained true to his name? Or will we have little because the obstacles caused us to back down, sit down, or slow down? Remember the story of the servant who took the talent given to him by his Lord and buried it? His two colleagues took a bold move and doubled what the master gave to them, but he was afraid. His master was not pleased and neither is ours if all we ever do is remain on the sidelines. We were called to make a difference in this world, to be a light, to be salt, to impact others with the truth of God's word. We cannot do that if we watch the world go by and simply sit on what he has given us. We were created to live a productive life. And that means being a person who steps out in faith when God calls us to do something again, an emphasis placed on God calling us. When I worked as a cashier for Chick-fil-A, a a customer came and asked me how many people had walked on water. I know, strange question, but you get it all when you work in retail, trust me. I immediately said one, Jesus, but I was wrong. As they were quick to point out, the answer is two, Peter. Though he did sink, he had walked on water. When Peter asked for Jesus to say, if it's really you, ask me to come to you. Jesus said, come. And Peter, without hesitation, answered. And his obedience was rewarded. How many of us would have done the same? I'm afraid to admit it, but I probably would have chickened out. But oh, how I want to be a Peter. 
I don't want my life to be one that remains in the shadows because I was afraid to go into the unknown, because I was fearful of stepping out in faith and trusting God with the results that are in his command anyways. We must be willing to look at the obstacles and realize we have all we need to overcome them. Ruth did not let anything deter her from following and pursuing after God. She was willing to live in poverty, to remain single, and even be a stranger in another country just so she could remain with Naomi and know her God even more. Every reason Naomi gave Ruth as to why she shouldn't go to Bethlehem was not valid in her book. God blessed her for diligently seeking after him, but tragically, Orpah let those same reasons, or we could say obstacles, turn her back to a life of hopelessness, a choice that would cost her everything. Let's not be Orpahs or a servant who merely sits on their talent given to them by the one who can help them do all things. Our God is amazing. He can do the extraordinary, the impossible, if we only would step out in faith and trust him with the results. Now there is one caution or condition I would advise. Again, be sure that you are walking with him daily. To step out in faith means you know the one who will catch you. We must be in tune with his spirit if we are to know when he speaks to us and when to obey his commands. Spend that time in his word every day. Seek him in the quiet place and commune with him daily. When you do this, you will have the confidence needed to let go and let him write your story. And I promise it will be nothing short of extraordinary. And with that, I want to wrap up today's episode. I pray that we will choose to not follow in the tragic footsteps of Orpah, but instead decide to be Peters, who jump over the side of a boat in the midst of a stormy sea and experience the amazement of walking on water. Don't forget that how we live, how we move through our life's journey is up to us. I often say that I am just an ordinary girl who is loved by an extraordinary God, and I seek to love others the same way. Trust in the one who loves you with an everlasting love and is always by our side, whispering words of his love into our very hearts if we just sit still and listen.